This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There are sleazeballs abound all over the internet who will be happy to take your money to chase down that lie. Here at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed, welcome to the Jay and Silent Rob podcast, season two, episode something or other, coming at you live Thursday, October 1st. Does it feel like fall, Mr. Jay Swa? It does. Fall uh, is in the air. We have baseball. We have football. We have all we need. We have the Marlins. What more could we ask for there, Rob? We could ask for uh, a lot. We, we could ask for... I, I think there's only implied odds. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't think you can get like uh, whatever weird wild card series series bets that we're in. But uh, last time I checked, the Marlins were something like uh, 3,300 or 3,000 to win the World Series. We could ask for that. But anyway, I, would, I do want to share one anecdote. Shout out to Mr. Perry, friend of the show, who uh, I can't believe I didn't know this, but Marlins in their franchise history have never lost a playoff series. How does that one sit with you, Jay? Six, six and zero, right? Six and zero, uh, winning the World Series in uh, 03 and '97. I didn't know that off the top of my head either, but I was qu- quickly, uh, you know, quick to believe it, given their uh, history. And yeah, I mean, it fits the profile. I mean, 2020, what a better fit than the Marlins winning the World Series, especially beating the Cubs would be a great start. And then just just let them take the Dodgers too. Uh, I think I think they get the Bra- I think they get the Braves next round, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, go go Atlanta and then go go L.A. and then beat the Astros or the Rays. I saw you tweet out Rays, uh, Rays Marlins World Series. I think that's a great idea. I'm for it. <laughs> let's, keep it let's keep it tight. Keep it South Florida. All right. That's it. That's it. Um, but, yeah, uh, today's show is just mostly about um, the NFL season week four. Uh, I got to admit, this is a really tough week. Uh, I'm going to share what I bet. Uh, some possible leans I have, and I did make some future bets. Um, no bets tonight's game. Obviously, this will come out after the recording, but we have Denver at the New York Jets. Pretty much the two worst teams in football playing each other. Somehow the Jets are favored. Uh, actually, I do know how the Broncos are starting, uh, ro- not a rookie, but uh, putting in a third stringer in his first start ever. Um, I will watch this game just because, uh, you know, I enjoy football and it's like, a, you know, it's not, not, it's more than a hobby, but it's not a perfect, you know, true profession for me, but it's somewhere in the middle, but I won't be happy watching it, Rob. Uh, I won't be happy, but uh, yeah, I'll check that out. But gun in my head, I'd say the jets just cause their coach is, is playing for or coaching for his job. But there's also like an equal amount of chance that they, the jets hate their coach and they kind of just don't give a shit and want to get him fired. I do have a big position on the Jets under at the beginning of the year, and I, one of the reasons I said that is just because how dysfunctional this franchise is. So I, I am rooting for the Broncos in that manner. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's not going to be pretty. Um, I'm assuming your Thursday plans are going to be a little bit different. No Marlins game for you today, but you, uh, you're you going to check them out tomorrow, right? A sore subject that you asked me that, dude. I have, of course, a meeting right uh, at the – 11 a.m. PST start time of the Marlins game, but uh, no spoilers. No one text me. I'm gonna put it on on recording and watch it later. Turn off Twitter and all that crap. So I'll get there. Yeah, good luck with that. Turning off Twitter, but uh, yeah, let's roll through the the games of the week. 
And uh, obviously the big story of the week is the Titans-Steelers game is postponed due to COVID. Um, I did make a bet on the Steelers for next week. Uh, they're playing the Eagles at home. The Eagles this week are out in California playing the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. I'm very low on the Eagles. I'll talk about that in a minute when I talk about the bet I made on the Cowboys. Uh, but Steelers get a bye. This, uh, the, the odds were seven before this happened. Now that they have a bye in front of this, which is usually about a one, maybe one and a half point swing. Uh, I took the seven, which is a key number. So I do have that bet locked in for next week. As in for, for some of the bets I've made this week, um, I, I do have uh, the Seattle Seahawks, Miami Dolphins over at 55. I got this early in the week. This actually, you can get a better price now. It's about 54. I still think this closes over 55. Uh, Seahawks offense is, is pretty much unstoppable right now. Uh, but Miami had a bad week one, but weeks two and three, their offenses looked really good. They have a gunslinger at quarterback. Uh, and, and I don't see the Seahawks putting this team away. I see this being a shootout. Uh, and there's really not too many scripts where uh, one of my scripts is games environments or scripts where you know there aren't points scored. If the Seahawks do go up big, the Dolphins are going to have to chuck the ball. Like I said, their quarterback is a gunslinger, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So he's either going to throw for some long touchdowns or he's going to throw pick sixes or turn the ball over a lot. Either way, that yields points. Uh, the Seahawks, you know, Russell Wilson is, is the MVP. He's the best player in football right now. Uh, and their defense is terrible as well. So you can actually get a better number now on that. Uh, but I, I do like the over in that game. I also do want to talk about overs in general. They're hitting at a 70% clip right now, and there are some theories as why to that, it, you know, why that's happening. Uh, some people think it's just pure randomness. Some people think it's because there's no fans involved, and that's having two effects. One effect are the refs aren't calling as many um, peer pressure fouls, if you will, which is, you know, the home team feels like they got jobs, so the refs are gonna, on a close call. They're actually going to throw a flag on the, the away team. That's one theory. Um, another theory is they're just not calling holding penalties at all. Like it's kind of like a mandate from up top holding penalties across the board are down. Uh, and then another theory is because no fans are in the, the stands, uh, that the quarterbacks are having good hard counts, which is getting the defense to jump off sides, things of that nature. Right answer is probably it's a combination of the three. Um, but I would say it does look like a mandate from the NFL, uh, to not call holding penalties. The game is crisper. Um, there's more flow to it. And I think it's probably a little bit of just it becoming such a pass-happy league and the NFL kind of wanting to m prevent the games from being shitty with the, the lack of preseason. Uh, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's all, it's all educational guesses. Any initial reaction to that theory there, Rob? So uh, I'm with you. That, that mandate from the top is the juiciest. It's the one I want to believe the most, you know? It's like uh, the, the most the most satisfying, probably. But yeah, I'm with you. It's it's probably uh, probably a multitude of factors. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing is is the market has corrected. So we have about half the games are in the fifties. Um, last week there was only three games in the fifties with totals. Uh, weeks two and one, I think there was there was one in week one and two in week two. Uh, so the market is correcting itself. Usually when in these trends, it's, it's kind of by the time the average Joe knows ab about it, um, there's probably no value left in it. The first couple of weeks, there's probably value just blindly betting over. Some of it is probably just randomness. Uh, but there is going to be value betting the unders just because, you know, your drunk uncle is going to hear about it. 
um, and the market has already corrected. So I would say probably by next week, if not this week, there's going to just be a little bit of implied value on unders just because the market's going to overreact, kind of like we talked about with value investing, right, where um, overreaction yields value on the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, I just don't have enough data to really pinpoint those. Um, it's more of, of a guessing type of thing uh, with that. And I've also really never been a total specialist. I'm more betting on sides. So I, I'm not going to bet a total really unless I have a lot of conviction for it. Um, but yeah, that, that is a trend I do want people to be aware of. Uh, moving to another game that I've bet for this week. I got the Buffalo Bills at minus two and a half. Now I got this when this opened. Now you're getting minus threes for the Bills, and it's looking like it, it's an expensive three. You got to uh, pay 118 to get it at the best book uh, right now. That's listing odds. That means it's probably going to become a minus three and a half. I wouldn't take this at minus three or minus three and a half. This is just more about the the importance of the number of three. The Bills are the better team. They're not necessarily in a great spot here. Um, but uh, they, they are the better team than the Raiders, laying less than a field goal. I, I like this bet. And I made this right after these games came out uh, on Sunday afternoon. We kind of talked about this in the last pod. It's very important. Um, you know, Sunday evenings, I, I get a lot of my best bets in. I told you about the Steelers bet I had the earlier uh, in the show here for next week. You know, a lot of times these numbers will never, they'll never show up again. Uh, so you got to make sure you're, you're looking at the market or you're just following my Twitter and, and seeing when they come out uh, because, you know, that, that you're not going to get two and a half again. I'd be shocked if it gets down to two and a half again. The next game I bet was the Niners, uh, minus five and a half, as well as minus six. It's minus seven now. I wouldn't recommend it at that price. Uh, if it does get under seven, I do like the bet. It's mostly against the Eagles. The Eagles are really, really bad right now. Yes, you are paying. You are getting the Eagles at the lowest price, and there is some risk in that. Uh, but they played the Bengals, and they played the Rams, and, a few, uh, and they played the Redskins, and they haven't beat any of those teams. Um, right now, we have to go on the data we've seen. The Niners coming back home after two um, tough road victories with a lot of injuries. This is just kind of an organizational thing. The, the Niners are a top five organization. The Eagles, uh, they just really have been below average since winning the Super Bowl two years ago. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just kind of call spade a spade and Carson Wentz does not look good. That being said, with all the injuries the Niners have, this is a relatively low total game at 46. Don't take the seven. If you get under seven, I do like the bet. Uh, and then another bet that I have that isn't available currently, I have the Patriots plus seven and a half. I got this in the look-ahead line before the bets came out, and uh, I just like the situation with the Chiefs and the playing the Ravens on Monday night in a huge game. The Patriots getting seven and a half points, extra day of rest, um, and them as an underdog is a great role. Obviously, the Chiefs came out. They looked fantastic on Monday night. Rob, I, I gave you a homework assignment. You watched the Monday night football game. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you notice? What did you wonder when you watched that game? Uh, the Chiefs are pretty good at football, game of pigskin. Yeah, they looked they looked ridiculous. Um, and then the other thing I noticed was I, I, I ran on over to your, your Twitter account, saw you had the over at 56, right? And then I watched that very closely as if it was my bet, which of course it wasn't. Uh, and then I, of course, called you yesterday to tell you how funny that was that you didn't hit that over. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. I also had the Ravens that game, so that was that was fun. Um, friends and I went up to Baltimore to watch that game, and 
yeah, I was like, man, my Ravens bet shit, but at least I have the over. And then I took that for granted and watched a slow, slow death where for some reason up 14 on fourth down, Andy Reid went for it and uh, didn't kick the field goal. But that's life. It was a good bet. That happens. Also had the Arizona Cardinals. uh, I I think the over was good all but three or maybe two games last week. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe and I had two of the overs that lost. I had the Arizona Cardinals game that went under. I I had what's called closing line value, so I got a fifty-one, and the game closed at fifty-six. That's really impressive closing line value, and it still went over. They only scored forty-nine points. So, uh, as I said before, I'm going to stick to sides. Uh, not that I'm certain, you know, a huge expert at that, but but totals are a bitch, man. Totals are a bitch. Uh, but yeah, those are all the the games I have in hand right now. Some games I'm looking at, and I'm gonna look at as we get some more injury reports. I do like the Ravens minus uh, 14 right now. I'm hoping that I was hoping it gets down to minus 12 and a half. Also looking to maybe bet this live. The Ravens are bullies, okay, and just like any bully, they they got bullied by a bigger bully. Uh, but this is the way the Ravens play by running the ball. They they are so advantageous to have a lead, and the Washington football team is just so bad that um, they're going to be ahead in this game. The, the Washington football team is going to be forced to be throwing, being from behind. That's going to yield to t- turnovers, things of that nature. Uh, the Ravens are just going to run the ball down their throat, and they're not going to overlook the Washington football team because they got embarrassed on Monday night. This is a nice little angle for, for those of you uh, to kind of – the team that looked really great on Monday night football. Now, obviously, it's not going to work every time, but the team that looked really great on Monday night football – or the team that looked really bad on Monday Night Football, you want to bet against the team that looked really bad, or bet, um, or excuse me, bet for the team that looked really bad, or bet against the team that looked really good. That's what we did last week with the the Patriots and the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, you know, looked great beating the Saints. They celebrated like they won the Super Bowl, and they went out to the Patriots and they lost by twenty points. Um, so that's just an angle for people to be aware of. The Baltimore, it was one of the worst games I've ever seen John Harbaugh call. Uh, and they're, they're, you know, you're going to take the one sample size or you're going to take the, the hundreds of games. I'm going to take the hundreds of games. They're fine. And they don't even have to be fine because they're playing the Washington football team. So I'm looking to see if this comes down a little bit. If not, I'll look to play it live pretty early. Um, either they're letting the Ravens get a little bit of a lead and I might have to lay a minus 17, but because the Ravens are going to be, you know, they're playing from a lead. Like I said, that's the whole strategy of why I like the Ravens in this game. I'd be willing to, to do that. Or if let's say Washington, you know, get some points on the board, maybe you get the Ravens under a touchdown and then that would be great as well. Uh, another game that I'm looking at, uh, the Texans are minus three and a half with the, versus the Vikings. The Texans are 0-3, but they played the Steelers, Ravens, and Chiefs, probably the three best teams in the AFC. The Vikings are really, really bad. Uh, they're 0-3, but they've played the Colts, Titans, and Packers. Um, I, I think the Texans get it done at home here. That's another one because it is just above a three. You might want to wait till it's live. Uh, it's going to be a relatively high scoring game. So at some point the Vikings will probably be in the lead. You could take the Texans there. Um, but yeah, some futures bets I made this week. Uh, I made a Dallas Cowboys bet to win the NFC East at minus two forty. Uh, this really just comes down to how bad their division is. Uh, the Eagles are seven-point underdogs this week, so that's about a 25% chance they win. The Giants are 13-point underdogs, so there's like an 18% chance they win. And the Washington football team is also about a 13- to 14-point underdog, so only about a 16% chance that they win. Whereas the Cowboys are actually about four-point favorites. 
I don't necessarily like them to win the game, but that's an implied win percentage just under 60% or around 60%, I should say. Um, so I think it's closer to 65, actually. So you, you factor that in. This should, you know, the Cowboys have a great chance of winning. The rest of the teams have very low chances of winning. Probably only one of those three teams win if you compound those, those odds. Um, and then next week, it's very similar. Um, the Cowboys are hosting the Giants. So they're 11 point favorites for next week. Um, the Eagles are seven point underdogs next week. And the Washington football team are nine point underdogs next week. So this is more about the division being so terrible than anything about the Cowboys. There are major questions with the Cowboys. It's just, it's a perfect time in the schedule. The next four games, the Cowboys are, are, are going to be favored. Whereas their biggest competition, the Eagles, the next three games, they're going to be underdogs. And in two of those games, severe underdogs. Um, does that make sense about that kind of trying to time these out? I know we've talked about these in previous podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a definitely interesting strategy. Always, a there's one thing to get from, from Jay Swats, let's read the schedule, look at the schedule. I'm curious if you feel like those things are generally priced in or not. It sounds like because you're making the bet, you think they're, they're not really priced in, but on the surface, it seems like they should be right. Like, you know, division future should be fairly sharp. Everyone's got access to the schedules. Um, and it doesn't seem like a ton of homework to do to go in and look like, all right, Dallas is going to win their next, you know, it's likely to win their next X games. Everyone else has a tough schedule. Um, but it sounds like this, this can still work. Yeah. And that's a great point you bring up. And this is, um, you know, really what makes the scheduling works is you want to have access to as many sports books as you can. So, a great way I look at this is uh, I obviously look at all my options and I get the best price I can find. And there's so much change week to week in, in um, you know, the, the, because the, there's only 16 games. So each week there's so much variability that the books, each sports book has to change the odds. So what I do is I, I look at the best sports book in the world and I look at their price and that's, to me is, is going to be way closer than whatever, you know, I could take all the prices and I could average them out. Um, but a better indicator is to take their, the best sports book in the world. Cause they take the most money and I find what that number is. And I find what the other one is. And then if it matches my narrative or my, my handicap, then I'll do that. Another thing that you mentioned is different sports books have different liabilities. So maybe earlier in the season, you know, for example, I'm on the East coast. I go up to a Pennsylvania casino and maybe all these people are laying um, money for the Eagles to win their, win the division preseason. Now the Eagles look like shit, but the, the sports book wants to cover its liability. So they're offering a little bit better price for the Cowboys. So it's kind of a little bit of them leveraging their um, liability and offering mm -hmm. a better price. And me, it's, you know, I'm saying I'm going to do my homework. I'll look for the best price here. And it, you'll eke out a little bit of value. Um, and, and you're going to see variability. I mean, I, uh, the best price in the world had this over minus 300, and I got this at minus 240. So that's a difference, I think, of about 7 or 8% mm -hmm. in terms of implied um, probability. And that's huge in what we're doing. You'd never see that uh, for spreads, right? So, like, mm -hmm. um, we talked about, like, the, the Patriots game, right? It, it's 6.5 right now. You'd never see... Um, you know, oh, eight and eight and a half, nine and a half being offered this one sports book and, and five and a half being offered at this other sports book. You know, you'd never see that wide range. Um, but with these season bets, 
there's so much more going into it. There's, there's one, sometimes there can be just blatant incompetence, right? That can just maybe a sports book, or, you know, whoever is, is running their sports book is not looking at divisions futures, right? It's kind of a niche market, especially with NBA finals going on, uh, Marlins World Series tour going on. Uh, you know, you have golf, tennis, all this stuff going on. Um, you know, they're, maybe they're not focusing on that as much, especially week three, week four. So there's that. Then there's the liability like we talked about. Maybe they just they want to offer the best price on the Cowboys because they're so in bed with the Eagles betters that they want to just leverage their action a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it, it really is a marketplace that you just take advantage of. But you have to be it, – it, it's a line of the stars. You need to know when the schedule comes out. And, you know, the bet that I made at minus 240, I don't even think that's available any, anywhere anymore because so many people were like me and took that, that price. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's knowing you got to do your homework with the schedule. It's also kind of connecting dots and it's also maybe just find a, a sports book that needs your action. And, you know, that's just, that's why markets work, right? It's, it's, um, it's fulfilling to, uh, you know, it's a mutually beneficial trade. I dig that. This is a sidebar, uh, and you don't have to go into it if you don't want to or know the answer, but can sports books hedge out their stuff with other sports books? So can casino in Pennsylvania call up someone in Vegas and be like, Hey, we got some Cowboys liability to sell. Uh, will you guys take it? Will they take a, a bet from another book? Yeah, I, they, they. You can have traders. Now they can't do it as an entity. Can't mm-hmm. do it as an entity, but like individual traders can do that. They can. They can go. The short answer is they can't like officially do it, but yes, they can have traders who are like independent contractors who can do that. It's like, hey, we have this liability. Things that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They they do do that, and that is. You know, the goal is, and like I always shout out Circus Sports because they're they're like the just the the glaring hope of our industry is that we move towards an actual betting exchange, mm-hmm. which is which is is exactly this. It's just, yep, hey, this guy's offering six and a half, you know, and we can do that. Now, there's things called the Wire Act and some other federal regulations that don't make that really possible, at least on a, a federal scale right now. Um, mm-hmm. But that is the dream. And I think because there is so much money to be made, it can happen. And they do have these uh, in Australia and parts of Europe. Um, but that would be the perfect world scenario. Um, and they've even said that. That's kind of their mission statement at, at that sports book. So that's why I always rep them. And uh, I always uh, enjoy plugging them a little bit to the uh, you know thousands of listeners we have there, Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, last, the last bet I did make is I did bet, uh, bet the Ravens. Uh, to win their division. I talked about this last week. I said, whoever loses the Monday night showdown, I'm going to just buy the dip on them. The Ravens could not have looked worse. Uh, the Ravens are 13 point favorites this week against the Washington football team. They are 13 points fa- favorites next week against Cincinnati Bengals at home. There's like a, an 85% chance they win both those games. Um, you know, and if they lose both those games, I'll just find a bridge, but um, no, it's just buying the dip. This was minus 350 last week. Um, this is minus 180 now. This is just value. And we're going to, we're going to, you know, one game is not, you know, shouldn't sway things when we've had so much sample size that this is clearly a top team. They had a bad night. Now there's a, there's a 15, 20% chance that maybe they aren't that great. You know, maybe they are just an average team. We'll deal with that. I can hedge out of that position if I need, but I'm going to take this position. And more likely than not, I won't do anything but just coast this till the to the end. Now, there's always randomness. There's always other things. We'll get more information as it becomes more complete. But uh, I, I like where we're at. 
I dig it. But yeah, other than that, I just want to get to watching my Jets and my Broncos. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell the people other than to root for the Marlins? Nope. Uh, go fish. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Sounds good. Peace.